Welcome back. Rob Regenridge in for Shea Ganim. Uh, look, I don't know to what extent, you know, this whole situation is a parallel to the uh, Soviet invasion uh, of Afghanistan in 1980. Uh, but there are some similarities. Obviously, the international reaction. I mean, you know, the uh, the West largely boycotted the 1980 Moscow Olympics. Uh, but in some ways, the, the West kind of moved on, at least in terms of our focus. Now, in the meantime, though, the Soviets got bogged down in, in a real dirty, gritty uh, insurgency war, one that did not go well for the Soviets, and eventually they, they left more or less in defeat. Now, where are things headed in Ukraine? It's, it's hard to know at this point. Obviously, we're in very early days, but uh, you know, as our previous guest alluded to, there's the possibility that this could drag on into a prolonged conflict, and this could be that, that kind of street-by-street -street, uh, bloody warfare. But to what extent should the Russians worry about another insurgency war? You know, how likely are we to see that? And how bad could that be for the Russians? This was not what they bargained for originally, obviously. This was meant to be uh, a swift and overwhelming victory. And I, I think clearly at this point, that hasn't happened. Well, joining us to talk a bit more about the prospect of that kind of a fight unfolding in Ukraine and what that could mean. Very pleased to welcome the program uh, here this morning, Dr. Eric Ulat who is a professor at Royal Military College's Department of Defense Studies, also an expert on insurgencies. Uh, professor Ulat, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for uh, having me over uh, at your program. Well, we appreciate you making some time for us here. Now, I mean, as I mentioned, this is still early days, and it's unclear whether this is uh, going to drag on into a prolonged conflict or, or where this all goes from here. But what do you see as, as the likelihood of, of that kind of a war, of an insurgency developing here? Well, uh, I, I honestly think that it will depend on what is the new uh, revised calculations that happen within the Kremlin. Uh, are they willing to go for the long haul? Um, or are they trying to save the, the furniture and try to find some sort of agreement uh, and, and, and ceasefire? It's just hard to say how they can uh, they think about it. But one thing for sure is that the uh, Ukrainian uh, military and government uh, have are ready for a long uh, insurgency. I think they have planned for it as uh, the um, you know a fallback scenario for quite some time. This was discussed actually openly uh, by uh, President Biden uh, a few a couple months ago. So, so it's definitely a possibility. Hopefully, um, cooler head will prevail. But um, it, the the real decision will be in the Kremlin. Where do where do you want to go with all this? Yeah, and I think that's going to be fascinating to see. I don't know if, if you know, the Russians uh, bargained on this kind of a response, or at least in terms of their initial missteps, and whether there's an appetite for a prolonged conflict in, in Ukraine. Is, is that going to be part of the consideration? Is this something that, that Russians are, are prepared to accept? Well, this is, a, this is, I think, the core question, uh, because um, I think I'm going a little bit on a limb here, but I really think that we can say that Russia has lost uh, what we call the, the strategic initiative. Uh, at first, they were the one with the surprises, uh, the new stuff coming in, the new threats. Now they're the one on the defensive, like uh, they have bad news coming in every day. Um, things that were unthinkable a month ago now are possible. Uh, like Germany decided to be serious about defense, helping yeah. Ukraine directly. Um, Finland is now contemplating joining NATO far more seriously than before, uh, and so on. So it seems that 
suddenly the um, all this uh, military adventurism is actually backfiring and backfiring pretty bad. Uh, I think they also counted on uh, a West that would be divided, would be uh, unassertive. They got the exact contrary to that. Um, so Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Uh, honestly, the, the, the very stiff resistance that the Ukrainian army was able to put very bravely is actually paying off. And um, so the next few days, I think we'll, we'll know more if they actually, uh, the Russians have really lost the initiative. Uh, so that's, I think that's where we are now. What do you see as the parallels between this situation and, and you know, the Soviet uh, 1980 and Afghanistan invasion? Uh, it's quite different, actually, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, uh, the the reasons why the Soviets uh, went to Afghanistan was really to seize some opportunities uh, that to ensure that Afghanistan uh, would line up with them. They thought it was just helping the local uh, Communist Party, uh, and that would be it. Now they discovered their own, uh, uh, their own um, expense that they were seen as a full-fledged invader. In Russia, in Ukraine, slightly different because they want to essentially absorb Ukraine as part of a, some sort of loose federation of a greater Russia, whatever shapes it takes. Um, but to do that, you have to ensure that the local population is at least has this critical mass of people willing to support uh, pro-Russia, pro-Kremlin uh, posture. And the more they, they do things, the more they kill people, the more they destroy. And for a way this objective is coming, because it's just succeeded to boost uh, Ukrainian nationalism to unseen levels. So there's parallels. The only difference is that um, um, in Afghanistan, the Soviets uh, were very brutal. They couldn't care less, um, at least in the first few years. Uh, they changed a little bit their tactics afterward. But in, in Ukraine, if you are that brutal, for sure, you will have absolutely no support for any puppet government you'll put there. So that's one of the main differences. It's an interesting question because, you know, whether Putin's willing to engage in that kind of brutality is, is a different question from, you know, the strategic uh, approach, because, you know, I, I think there's a lot of concern about how far Putin's prepared to go. But if they view that as as counterproductive in a strategic sense, maybe they don't go down that path. You know, I mean, is it possible to gauge at this point, you know, Putin's willingness to, to engage in this kind of tactics necessary to crush an insurgency? Uh, it is a possibility, unfortunately, uh, but um, I, my hope is that there are more rational uh, people in the Kremlin that start to make the cost-benefit um, uh, calculation adjusted to the new reality. Uh, because, I mean, if, if you have a long-term insurgency going on in Ukraine because of Russian brutality, I mean, directly fueled by that, yeah. And you can face sanctions for decades. I mean, and they're going to get tougher and tougher. And we can even see a uh, some sort of containment that was seen during the Cold War, where there's basically 
almost no exchange with uh, with Russia. So this is very significant. Um, so, uh, and a lot of people are questioning uh, if Mr. Putin now is uh, completely rational in these days. Yeah. Uh, I assume that some people in the Kremlin that are probably thinking like that. Um, and one thing again that is new um, that we, was unthinkable uh, about a month ago is that um, because of all this, I think uh, there's now a possibility that there might be a push in Moscow to get rid of this guy because uh, of his completely skewed calculation that will cost a lot to the Russian people as well. So that was unthinkable a month ago. Now it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen necessarily, but that, that zone of a possibility of a push now is, a, is, is within the realm of the possible. Very interesting. We'll leave it there. Uh, Professor Ouellette, appreciate your perspective. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Thank you. Uh, have a good day. You as well. All the best. Uh, Dr. Eric Ouellette is at the Royal Military College, the Department of Defense Studies, with a particular focus on insurgencies. And so it's it's quite likely, I suppose, that you know, we may see that in Ukraine as this, this plays out and if it becomes a prolonged conflict. But as he noted, that is not uh, what the Russians had bargained for. And in fact, it was something that really they feared could happen here. And as a result of the stumbles they've run into initially, maybe it makes that more likely.